Hello and welcome to our podcast. We are your hosts today, Sydney Day, Schrody Schrodinger, aka Aaron Smith. This one is called the Enneagram Non-Experts. Yes. We would love to say a quick thank you to our sponsors today. Our zero sponsors that we have. We have zero sponsors. Yes. This is a thank you in advance for all of you who will be signing up to sponsor yes. us after Send today. Send a check. Lots of money. Venmo. We accept anything. Cash app. Anyway, um, moving past that. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast in the whole world. The Enneagram Non-Experts. That's right. Experts. Oh. Experts, experts, experts. Did you hear that echo? I didn't get the memo on the echo, but I think I caught on. All right. Okay. Um, Well, y'all, first announcement of today is we're not on video. We weren't on video last week either because we had some tech issues. Well, good, because I have two pimples on my face and I never get pimples. Today? Yeah, so I'm glad. Well, first of all, I don't see any pimples. Right there. Oh, well, have you seen my face? Yeah, it looks clear and beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I have, I have more than two. So if I look clear and beautiful and radiant, then you must look really clear and beautiful and radiant. So. Wow. You're very kind, but also <laughs> very false. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but we're not on video today because we are doing an interview. And we just, it's, it's too much to video those just because it's on Zoom and we want to make sure our guests are comfortable and not everybody... Wants to be on video, so, you know. We haven't done an interview in so long, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, our first, like, solid 10 episodes were all interviews. I know. It's really crazy. It's yeah, been at least the, a year, right? Yeah. It was the last interview we did with... Uh, with Jordan? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Alex and John. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to me straight. Yeah, give it to me straight was the last one. Wow. Oh, wow. Time has really flown by. It has. I feel like so many... Some, so much has changed in our lives. Yeah. Maybe you're moving Saturday. Yeah, this week is moving week, which is another reason we're not on video. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, before we dive into our guest and our interview of the day, we, you better believe we're going to stick to our segment. Yeah, our segment that I actually remembered today, but not remembered to think about mm. what I needed to say. It's okay, I also did not think okay. about it. It's one well, of those weeks. Yeah. So as a reminder, our segment is uh, we are going to talk about for each of our types. So I'm a one, Aaron's a two. Mm -hmm. Um, I will talk about what is the most and least type one thing I did this week. And Aaron will do the same for type two. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's think. I mean, this is something I'm working on, but I think a two's biggest fear, you know, is being rejected. And so not that I have been rejected recently but I think that one um sort of flaw or unhealthiness of a two can come off as jealousy Mm. and so not that I've been very jealous lately but I mean lately a little bit I'm just like why isn't it happening to me (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm fine after a little bit but Anyway, I feel like that was the most two thing because that's also the only thing that I can think of right now. It's because we we <laughs> talked about better than revenge last week, I know, and that just I like just awoke like, something. Literally, in oh my god! And the funny. least two thing, I'm just trying to be more. Not that twos can't be direct, but uh, I can be very people pleasing, and so I feel like I've just been a lot more direct recently. Just not like direct in a negative connotation like 
like do this now like that, <laughs> but I've been more trying to speak my mind and, you know, trying to conquer my inner eight a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. You can totally be direct without being like exactly. demanding. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good, good word for it. Yeah. I think that's the best way to be direct. Yeah. Um, what about you? I don't know. I mean, I think like the most type one thing that is happening, this is a very, again, I didn't have time to think about it either. So I I don't know if this really counts, but it's more of a general attitude. It was interesting. PJ and I had this conversation about stress and how we get stressed for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was I am not like a future focused person and I'm not a past focused person. So like thinking about the future doesn't really stress me out. Thinking of the past really doesn't stress me out, but it's always tasks that stress me out. And so it's interesting because like compared to him, and I don't know if this is a two thing or what or anything, but compared to him, he thinks about like the future of like everything that could happen, almost like a six might. Yeah. But like everything that could go wrong and all the things that might happen and all this. And it really causes him anxiety. Whereas for me, I'm like, I'm not worried about all the things that could happen. I'm worried about what I have to do right now in this moment. And I think that is mm. a very type one thing because type ones are very task oriented, but they're also known to be present oriented. Um, which is the whole thing. But so I just noticed that about myself and I was like, you know, I'm pretty chill until we go through a time like moving where I just have so many things on the to-do list yeah. where I start to get really overwhelmed and stressed and it just all comes out in me. So I just notice it a lot this week. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a two thing. Like I definitely think um, maybe thinking a lot about the past could be one just yeah. because, yeah. you know, Sometimes, like, if I am really stressed out or feel unhealthy, I'll think about maybe a dumb thing I did, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. Or something, and I'm like, should I should I apologize to them? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been, like, that 20 is, years. That's so funny. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I just don't even see the point of thinking about the past because it's over. Unless it is that that is the one time what you just meant to mention mm-hmm. where it actually is valuable to think of the past. If there is something you can do in the present to, yeah. to fix it, then yes. But, but also it's different, I think, depending on maybe the age, because I'm like, like, I just think about that. Remember the guy who we kept running into at 192 and he was like our coworker's cousin. I was like, I made a comment, I remember in sixth grade that I was like, Ugh, I have to sit next to this guy. <laughs> and my, my teacher just like totally yelled at me for that, which makes sense. But I felt so bad. And we kept running into him. And I was like, is this the universe telling me like... <laughs> Do I need to apologize? <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine if you would have apologized and he'd be like, he'd probably not even remember. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? Or he thinks about it every day of his <laughs> life and he's just been following me around oh waiting to take his revenge. He got a job there just because he knew you went oh there. Gosh. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, anyway. The least Enneagram type one thing I've been doing lately is um, don't tell my boss, but uh, I, I already have- did. she's not gonna listen Uh, um i've been you know the mariners are in the playoffs kind of a big deal i Uh, know exactly what you're gonna say and let me just say i'm with you yes i'm sorry but they put their games in the middle of the workday. yeah better believe i am going to watch the game oh yeah me too so that is the least type one thing i've done (laughs) i'm it's not very you know responsible of me but you gotta do what you gotta do this is once in a lifetime baby actually twice in my lifetime now Go Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> 
three if you count the actual year I was born. Now everybody knows. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've just been kind of slacking, slacking off a little bit because sports. I'm the same way, but I um, carry my team with me in that. Like I make everyone listen to it. Mm-hmm. And like I, you know, how they tell you a play-by-play. Yeah. I also do a play-by-play. <laughs> so they're getting my version and yes. probably then the correct version. But I'm it. like, I, oh, maybe I think this is the least two thing I've done is uh-huh. like when I'm talking about the Mariners or when I'm listening to a game or when I was at the game with my coworkers, mm-hmm. they were like, Aaron, I have never seen this side of you. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, the like when the Astros come up, I'm like, boo, you suck. Yeah, like, dude. Okay. I hate you. This and girl then, here, Aaron. Okay. There was this game last weekend where somebody got like really badly injured. <laughs> and when this guy got injured, the Mariners scored three runs or two runs. And I text her and I was like, oh, I mean, it's great. They got the lead, but like, I feel really bad for that guy. And Aaron's like, no. Okay. This that is was great. The I'm laughing. Stupidest play ever. The three guys, it's like I'm watching like Curly, Curly and Mo or some like comedy skit the th- they're running all together the ball's in the middle and then they bonk girl and you know how I'm many times like, our players have done that this well, season i anyway it was it was <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever and i was like really like i don't know i was just like i want the listeners to know this guy was severely injured well, he had somebody like a concussion called the ball. somebody could just <laughs> call the ball like it's not that effing hard really to say. you want to try playing pro yeah pro i will put me in coach what if the sun was in their way? They couldn't see. Well, what, they could get a pair of sunglasses. Oh. I would, I'll send them a link. All right. On Amazon. All Never. Right. Message anyway. to the Blue Jays. But get some freaking sunglasses, that's you the Canadians. Least thing. I'm like, I'm very <laughs> passionate. I'm like, I'm not afraid to tell, like, when it comes to, I don't know, watching a game, I just feel like I'm a different person. Yeah, but you in, are. It scares me. <laughs> oh, well... You and my coworkers. You can defend it all you want, Erin, but you scare me when it comes to sports. She also, Erin also loves blood when it comes to hockey, so that's a thing. Well, I've only seen a couple <laughs> hockey games, but anyway. It's, the violence is entertainment for you. I feel like you need to if exist they in like... actually, like, okay, if they were like a serious injury that could affect them for the rest of their life, of course I'll, I empathize with that. But if it's just like, I mean... If you go to like a wrestling game and they're wrestling and someone gets hurt, like they're wrestling, like what do you expect? Like they're playing sports. They're kind of like <laughs> signed that. And, and anyway, um, moving on. Um, <laughs> this is actually a baseball um, <laughs> podcast. It could be. I feel like we could talk about that for anyway, the whole time with we where the Mariners are at, then, um, depending on where they're at. Yeah. Um, but okay. Yes. Moving on. Okay. We're gonna talk about our guest for today. Yes. So a quick intro before we actually start the interview, but we have Christine on today. Christine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christine is a type six. She's a six, baby. She's committed. (laughs) She's engaging. (laughs) She's responsible. Uh Uh-huh. But we'll find all that out. In the interview. Um, <laughs> I know. I, just a quick uh, intro for Christine before we start talking to her. Um, so I actually met her virtually through a Discord group that I'm in. Um, that is an Enneagram Discord group. You've heard me mention it many times on this podcast. Technology. Yeah. The internet is the future. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she is a lovely human. She's a wife, a mom of two little ones and two dogs. Mm-hmm. I know. I love how you're just like the reaction person right now. You're I like, know. Oh. It's like I'm holding up a sign that says like, laugh. <laughs> Actually, you are. <laughs> oh. That's, the only, that's why when I, you say something and I'm clapping, it's because I'm forced to do it. Yeah. That's why we're not on video. I, don't, I, <laughs> I can't kidding. let everyone know our secrets. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really saying help me. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> No, she's okay. fine. She's fine. Um, and Christine is also just like a multi-talented human being. I'm always so impressed with everything she shares. She she is an illustrator, a painting teacher. She also Ooh. has a background in medical technology. Medical technology. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. So her words, she has a love for both art and science. Um, beautiful. That right and left brain thing going on. Um, she, her biggest focus with her art is on like really colorful, vibrant, cute, nerdy. Again, her words, I am not calling her a nerd, although there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and she really wants to make it like viewable by adults and children. She's very Mm -hmm. like children friendly sort of artwork. And in fact, she is just finishing writing her second children's book right now. So if you find her children's book i mean we'll ask her what the titles are oh yeah and we have yeah. links to all of her stuff she has a website she has an instagram facebook etsy shop so we're gonna link all of that in the show notes mm-hmm. so please make sure to go and support her because she has so much going on that's just really cool and impressive that's amazing that's yeah. so cool like i would love i don't know i feel like art is just really cool to enjoy and i'm not the type of person that is easily uh creative in that aspect mm-hmm. but it's really cool to see other people like pursuing you know art and i mean the fact that she has a, a second children's book like i know that's dope and she's also creating a like video game a computer oh game gosh. i sound like such a boomer i'm like an online computer game the interwebs I don't know. I don't really know gamer stuff, but she's she made a game that she also like made all the artwork for the game, and she and her husband cool. are like a duo game making duo. I, mean, which I is can't even awesome. draw a stick figure. Yeah, same. <laughs> don't ask me to draw yeah, nothing. Anything. We, don't ever pair us together on Pictionary. <laughs> no, no. Well, Pictionary. Wait, do you have to draw pictures on Pictionary? That's what Pictionary is. It's literally the definition. Oh, I'm thinking of. Um, what's the one where there's a bunch of boards and there's a ton of pictures on each board and you have to like find it? Memory? No. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I thought about. it was Pictionary. No. Oh, whatever. Anyway. Um, anyway. Please welcome Christine. Well, Christine, welcome to our podcast. We're so happy you made yeah, time thank you. to come on today and talk with us. Um, Hi. <laughs> Yes, and just to kick it off, I would love for you to tell us what your Enneagram type is. So I'm an Enneagram type six, uh, wing seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how like detailed you want me to get with all of like the alphabet soup, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that. However detailed you want, I mean, it's really like just a reminder to you and a reminder to our listeners, like. The goal of these interviews is really to get to know you as a human and, you know, who are you behind the Enneagram type? But the fun in that is also you have certain expertise about the Enneagram that you can bring to our podcast, right? That like maybe we don't know or or maybe we haven't really dove in, Mm -hmm. dived. What's the word? 
dove, <laughs> dove yeah. into. Um, and so we want to hear your perspective. So if you have like the whole, what you called alphabet soup, I love that. Like feel yeah. free to, feel free to share. Yeah. Well, I suppose if we wanted to go in with all the things, yeah. So six wings, seven, uh, instinct stack would be self-preservation, uh, sexual and tri-type would be six, four, one. Hey, same as me, baby. (laughs) Good Um, stuff. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, maybe a little more about how you discovered your type and kind of all those little parts of it, but also how did you discover the Enneagram in general? Yeah. So I think I initially got into the Enneagram probably like four or four and a half years ago ish. Um, I've always been the type of person who loved learning about personality stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in college, I was like a neuroscience major, so I did a lot of psychology classes, and Love I just it. was always a huge fan of anything that had to do with how personality develops and how it affects you as a person. Um, and I just happened to kind of stumble across the Enneagram one of my days when I was going down like a Google rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> looking at stuff and it just really kind of caught my eye. So I kind of, you know, I get all the books um, on my Kindle and start reading through things, do all the free internet tests, Mm -hmm. which um, when I first got into it, all of the tests actually typed me as a type one. Interesting. Um, Which, so for the first little while I thought I was a type one Um, And it kind of made sense. I was definitely that stereotypical, like, straight-A student, teacher's pet, absolute Mm -hmm. perfectionist about, like, everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure. But, like, when I actually started reading, uh, like, the chapters in books dedicated to each of the types and, like, the Mm -hmm. specific motivations, I realized that that one didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I got to the type six, it was, like, one of those, like, oh, this makes me feel really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, boy. Um, I know people will often talk about this, like, gut punch. Yes, that's the thing about the Enneagram, right? It's like, it's Mm -hmm. not about, it's not like all fun and rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. It's like, it kind of hurts. We always tell people it's the type that hurts the most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I I remember reading specifically with the type sixes about just, like, just never having enough, like, I don't know, like confidence or like faith or belief that things will like work out and you just like can't let go of that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I, I remember just being very like, oh, please stop. <laughs> like I can't um, read anymore. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it was a little tricky to decipher some of it because like I um, I have a lifelong anxiety disorder. So mm. I think a lot of stuff was trying to figure out, okay, is this my anxiety or is this my actual personality? And, Mm um, I don't know, really, like I said, really diving into the motivations and fears kind of solidified things for me, realizing that deep down, most of the things I work towards are so that I feel secure. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. Um, and like underneath it all, I really am just terrified of abandonment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. That's really like, it just goes to show. And we say this all the time that Enneagram is really not about looking at your outward behaviors. Mm -hmm. And it really is a journey to find your type because you need to find those things you really resonate with most and kind of 
peel away those layers and those outside things and the things you show the world to see what's really underneath it all. Um, and it's funny because your story is like mirrors mine in that I tested as a six for a long time. Oh my gosh. How interesting. (laughs) I think that's really like a pretty common thing with the six Uh and the ones kind of looking very similarly outwardly. Uh But then when you look at what your motivations are, it all kind of crumbles apart and many types are like that. I mean, I know you had an easier time, Erin, but (laughs) you know, twos can look like nines, twos can look like sixes. Like there's just so much there and it's really, I'm glad Mm -hmm. you told your story that way because it's just, it's so important to remember to kind of keep reading, keep learning and find that thing that really hits you like that. Um, so was that kind of the biggest thing that hit you was just discovering the, that fear of abandonment, um, you mentioned, and I think you mentioned one other thing, or was there something else about the six that just was undeniably you? Um, so with sixes, you know, it's the loyalist you get mm-hmm. brought into that. And I, I think looking back at my past, I could really see how that had affected some of my life decisions, like mm. the hanging on to people longer than you should because mm. they're a person you decided you were loyal to. Mm-hmm. I, I had a friend back in high school who I really should have ended the friendship like years before I did. Um, it was one of those things where the person kind of like emotionally traps you in the friendship. Mm. Um, I won't, I won't get into some of the details cause it's not the prettiest thing, but sure. just kind of realizing that for a long time, I really would stay with her cause I felt like a duty to like be that person in her life. Like mm-hmm. I committed to being your friend, so I should, you know, do that. Um, but once I finally did into that friendship, um, I think I kind of swung the other direction for a while. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe leaning a little bit into that like counterphobic sex yeah. of just really not letting anybody super close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can definitely see how much, like it's like, you know, once that trust is taken away, like I just, I don't trust again. I'm very skeptical yeah. of everybody. And it's, <laughs> I don't know. It, it can be, it can be beneficial sometimes, mm-hmm. but I can definitely see how it's tripped me up through life. Yeah. I had a very similar, pretty much everything you said. I was like, Oh, she's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is why I think I thought I was a six at one point yeah. too. Cause like loyalty and like, for me, that's what I look for the most in other people. And that's what I feel like I mm-hmm. bring to the table. But I also had a friend who very, very similar. And, uh, it was like, they were my security blanket. Cause I knew I'd rather at that, at that time I was like, it's better than being alone, mm-hmm. but yeah. Or like, it's almost, you don't want to accept that this friendship has to end. Like you might know some part of you knows, but the other part is like, ah, but I just don't want to accept that reality because it feels better to just keep that kind of, I mean, you called it a security blanket. Is that, is that kind of how it felt for you? Um, it wasn't a security blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, really what was preventing me from ending it was just, I, I was afraid of what would happen. Oh, if I ended it. Like I knew it needed to end. I was very uncomfortable the whole time. Um, but I was terrified that there would be like actual lashback from her. Yeah. Um, that, 
It would impact my relationships with mutual friends that we had, which it mm-hmm. actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, when I broke off the friendship, she spread some rather negative stuff about me to people that oh, we were man. with, and a lot of them took her side because um, they didn't come and talk to me about it. Yeah, it's and like all these she was She fears. was one of those people who's very good at, like, making you feel really bad uh. because, like, things in her life were bad, so you just kind of, like, felt bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean everything the person says is true. No. Well, I can Um, see that being really hard, especially if you are someone who's already worrying about all the repercussions. And then to see them actually Uh happen is Mm -hmm. almost just cementing your belief that these bad things are going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And it was tough because it was like this all happened my senior year of high school. So I pretty Mm -hmm. much ended high school with like two friends that like stayed close. Yeah. Um, just because it all kind of went crazy. So yeah, I went to college. Like it's, it's funny. Cause that's actually where a lot of my, uh, people will know me by different like names. Like I'm officially Christina, but I often go by Christine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up, I was always known as Chrissy. So like, depending on when you met me, you know, a different name. And for me, it was like this big thing when I went to college, I just kind of stopped going by Chrissy and started going by Christine. Cause it was this like weird way I could kind of like take control and yeah. like put this more like formal distance between myself and others. Mm, interesting. Whereas like for whatever, like Chrissy always felt like very intimate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, I, you know, kind of sheltered myself that yeah. way. It was your rebranding moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My mom, well, hates that I go by Christine. <laughs> She's Wait, like, that's not what I named you. And I'm like, what did well, she, isn't it what she named you? <laughs> I'm like, you named me Christina. You don't call oh. me that either. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it's closer. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, well, I, thanks for sharing all that. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that sounds sounds like a terrible kind of experience you had, but hoping that through the years it's been you've been able to kind of learn from that and um, come into more of yourself and that balance between trust in others, but also a little bit of having a guard up because there are still bad people out there, unfortunately. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you've gotten to a place now where you can kind of balance those things when it comes to friendships? Yeah, I definitely think I've gone to a good place. I ended up... Uh, meeting several people in college who have become like absolutely dear friends to me. Um, even though we've been out of college, like close to a decade now. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, (laughs) but like, we still have like a little group chat online and we get together like once a year and there it's, it's nice to find people that you can see put as much like effort into maintaining the relationship. Yeah. You know, that give and take. And, um, the one friend from that one, my closest friend who stuck with me after all the high school stuff is still like my absolute best friend and confidant. Mm -hmm. And um, so honestly, even though that was a rough time, it really solidified like our bond as like, you know, this is like a friendship that isn't going to, you know, break or be rocky. And uh, same goes for my husband because he was with me through all of that. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. 
Awesome. Well, just for the sake of time, um, I think we'll move to kind of our next question for you. Erin, uh-huh. do you know what it is? Um, I don't. I'm just kidding. I do. <laughs> um, what does your ideal day look like? My ideal day. Um, oh you can gosh, do anything in the whole world. Anything <laughs> you want. There's no limits. Oh, my goodness. I'm like trying to think of like, I've, I've two little kids, they're five and three. So like a lot of my days are very much thinking about like what I'm going to be doing with them, where I'm going to be taking them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I think if I had a day just to myself, well, I don't think I'd want it to be just to myself. I'll start mm-hmm. with that. Um, I would not want to be alone all day. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably want, honestly, I would just want a day with my husband. Um, be nice. Like, I don't know, maybe get to sleep in, uh, wake up somewhere, like have a really nice breakfast that I didn't have to make. Um, <laughs> lots of coffee. Um, <laughs> then like a good amount of time that I could just sit and like binge read through an entire novel. Oh, um, what kind of, what kind of novels are you into? Um, I mostly read romantic fantasy. Like, oh, so things that are fantasy genre, but have like romantic subplots. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Um, I don't know. I, I pretty much stick to things that I know are going to have happy endings. Um, I tend to avoid anything that's particularly like sad or grim mm. just cause I'm like, there's enough, enough of that in life. I don't need to like choose to add extra of it in my free time. Yeah. But I feel yeah. Yeah. When I do read, it's like all or nothing. I either don't read or I read the entire thing and neglect <laughs> everything else. In order to yes. read. So yeah. Part of my ideal day would just be like, I can just be there and just read through a whole book. Um, definitely have some like nice crackers and cheese. Ooh, <laughs> okay. A little charcuterie board. Yeah, get a little bit of charcuterie. Oh, and my, my dogs would have to be there. Got to have the puppy snuggles on the perfect day. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe in the evening, take like a little hike. Assuming the weather is like 65 and partly cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect hiking weather. I cannot yes. argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So are you kind of like, would you consider yourself more of a homebody? Cause I just noticed a lot of that was probably just kind of hanging out like quality time with your husband at, at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of hermit tendencies. Um, I think if left to my own devices, I would probably not leave my house very often <laughs> at all. Um, and it's not that I, I dislike the idea of travel or anything. I'm just very content in my space. Mm-hmm. Like, I like being around the things that are comfortable, the things that I've chosen. Like, that's very, it's that, it's that whole, like, comfort and security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. It's like a curated space. I mean, you curated it for your mm-hmm. own enjoyment. Like, why yeah. Yeah. why leave? I know I always say, like, since ever since working from home, I'm I'm also very much a homebody. And ever since working from home, I, it takes all of me. I have to force myself to leave the house because I know it's good for my mental health. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just don't want to. I can just, like, roll out of bed, roll into my office, roll down the stairs. I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was at home. I know. You, you like, avoided at all costs. It's yeah. so yeah. funny. Yeah, I think if I'm going to leave home, it's because I'm, like, either going shopping yeah. or, like, going for a walk or a hike. Because, like, 
nature is one of the few things where it's like, oh yeah, I'll totally go out and stare at pretty trees. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But again, as long as there's not too much sun, because the sun hates me. <laughs> sun hates you, or you hate the sun? Oh, it's mutual, mutual <laughs> hatred. <laughs> I'm that lucky person who gets like a sunburn and a sun rash. Like I'm actually mm. allergic. Oh, I feel like you can relate to that a little. I get um, yeah. goosebumps. But when I looked it up, mm-hmm. Google, the internet said that it's because I'm dehydrated. Oh, well. <laughs> so I don't know. I just always got goosebumps when it was too hot. So. Oh, funny. Yeah, because you're just sweating all the water out of your body. All the little amount of water that's in there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Fair. Um, awesome. Well, uh, you talked about, okay, I'm trying to relate this to our next question, but you can tell me if it just doesn't relate at all for you. Mm-hmm. But you talked about liking things with happy endings because you don't want to focus on kind of negativity when there's already a lot of that in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, does that also apply to music taste? What kind of music do you like? And does that have anything to do with that? Or is this a whole different thing? For you? Um- I mean, I guess it would. Like, I'm I'm not the type to listen to, like, sad songs. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if people are like, oh, this is what I put on, and I just, like, sob, it's so good. I'm just like, ew. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in general, uh, the stuff I listen to, I tend to listen to, like, alternative music. Um, so a little bit more rocky. I like things that have, like, very, like, strong driving beats. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like powerful and directed, I guess. Um, I feel like a lot of it's stuff that you would imagine someone would exercise to, except I don't do that. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, no, I like, I like things with lots of drums and movement. I also, Mm -hmm. I mean, on the other side of things, I also love vocals. And so somebody Mm -hmm. who has an interesting or complex voice Mm -hmm. or like, mixed male female vocals I love that um I went well I say I went through a phase but I still like it of like symphonic metal where oh, yeah. you've got like all of the traditional metal stuff but you also have like an orchestra oh, I love that so like anytime tr- that like rock or metal incorporate orchestral instruments or like brass like sweet spot like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra have you heard um, any of them that's kind of, I feel like that's a little bit more mainstream for mm. it. Um, I know like popular bands would be like Nightwish, um, within Temptation. Yeah. And a lot she's of them got, are European. She's got four in her tri type, but you can't be talking about mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> it's right. I, I was raised by two type fours, like both my parents are. <laughs> Are so uh, I, I come by a lot of that honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, aside from like the more like rocky alternative whatever, I also really like electro swing. <laughs> Whoa! Like I I wouldn't so even like, have known that was a genre. Yeah, it's like electronica remixes and stuff of jazz. Music. Oh, I have heard that. I I love yeah. that too. It's really cool. Uh-huh. Or just like any oldies like, that are kind of remixed with that. Caravan Palace is like a really popular mm. electric oh, cool. group. But again, it's like that upbeat gets you moving. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that doesn't let me sit in my thoughts pretty much. 
Okay. <laughs> no, I'm glad you cl- you said that because that's kind of always our follow up to this yeah. is why why do you like this kind of music? Which is such a silly question because a lot of people are like, I don't know, it just sounds good. But uh-huh. you, it sounds like you've already kind of thought about that, and it's there's your why. It like kind of brings you mm-hmm. out of these thought processes, and we just we always talk about how we try to we try to see how music taste might relate to Enneagram type. Yeah. Now, who knows if it actually does, but uh-huh. that's why we asked that question because we just started finding like I think it all started with Natalie, one of our friends who's a type 9, who loves metal. And uh-huh. we're like, this is interesting. Um <laughs> it was like a, all of our friends, all of our nine, who are nine type yeah. 9 love metal yeah and we're like like, is there a correlation there's some pattern here and we developed this kind of theory about like the music you like is kind of your outlet for Uh whatever you're not normally addressing in your day-to-day or to get out of whatever your normal patterns are is is you use music for that and so for the nines Mm -hmm. you know who are like they don't usually kind of channel that anger and speak their mind and now they get to go listen to this music that allows them to feel those things that they're ignoring uh-huh. Um, for you, it almost sounds like the opposite. You're like trying to not feel those things that you are always feeling um, yeah. to experience something different. Uh, speaking of anger. Oh. What is your relationship with anger? Um, on the whole, I'd say I'm not a very angry person. Like, I raise my voice very minimally. Mm-hmm. Um in general, very obvious shows of anger kind of frighten me. Mm, mm. (laughs) So I'll get very anxious if I'm around a person who is like in my face or like getting loud, even if it's like enthusiastic loud, it kind I'm just like, Oh no, like what (laughs) is that? Like, are you coming at me? Mm. I don't, um, I don't know. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of me, like in my brain, the way I was raised, it was, like, anger is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't do that. That's one of those emotions that's a no-no. Yeah. So I definitely have a very toned-down version. Like, mm-hmm. and the type, I'll get frustrated, irritated. Mm, yeah. I think the only time I, I would say I get, like, angry is, like, sometimes you get that, like, righteous anger where you're, like, mm. there's an injustice in the world mm, and I am yeah. going to rant about it because there are people who are being hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my my husband used to always tease me about it because he'd talk about me going on my social injustice rants. <laughs> <laughs> there's that one, that type one. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. So are there any things that, like uh, – like maybe pet peeves, so like smaller things that kind of mm-hmm. get to you that maybe you don't explode, but that at least internally just kind of drive you a little insane, stress you out. Um, I really hate listening to people chew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, or like people talking while they're actively chewing. That's no uh, ASMR just, videos. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not. A, I am not that big into ASMR. A mm. lot of it just kind of makes my skin crawl. Yeah. So I guess in general, that's just kind of like, mm, I don't it's know. too intimate. Like, yeah, it's it that exactly like, <laughs> um, I really hate when people repeatedly tell me that I should do or try out a certain thing. Mm. Like somebody would be like, Oh, you should watch this movie. I'd be like, okay. You're like, sure. I'll think about it. And then like 
a week later. It's like, oh, have you watched that movie? You really should watch that movie. And I'm like, no, I, st I still haven't. And like, the more times you bring it up, the more I can confidently tell you I will never yeah. in my life watch that movie. Mm -hmm. But yes. I will, out of spite, never do it. <laughs> I can totally relate. Or when people suggest something and you straight up like I straight up will be like you know what I don't think I'm going to be into that like I can uh -huh. tell that's not my thing and then they just try yeah. to convince you that it is your thing and I'm like I just that's not it's not gonna work yeah I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <not> jam. <laughs> no yeah, I feel so that. that's that's a big one um or just I don't know I guess I don't like being like micromanaged yeah I like having I like having control over things I don't like having control over people like mm. I don't want to be a supervisor I don't want any of that I just want to be in charge of the things that directly affect me mm -hmm. and like so like if I have a task to do or something I'm working on like I don't want anyone to come in and tell me like how I should do that because I've already thought it through I know exactly how <laughs> I want to do it <laughs> yes like, yes like just trust me let me, uh -huh. let me do it how I'm going to do it I, yeah totally yeah. all right well moving right along do you know what your love language is it's okay I if you do, don't actually okay. that's uh <laughs> so when my husband and I like discussed like back when we were dating actually um so my top two are physical touch and words of affirmation mm. um and like the words of affirmation I think applies to not just romantic relationships but like mm -hmm. all my relationships whereas the physical touch is like exclusively romantic I actually yeah. very much do not like physical touch in any other relationships um, yeah. well I guess my kids are also an exception but um, it's so funny because like I, everything you're saying I have agreed with which is crazy which is like um I guess our tri-type really does mean something um, because I'm like, holy shit, are you just like everything you say? I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Either that or I'm actually a one and I've been wrong for a while <laughs> yeah. and I was right when I started and now I need to have an existential crisis about it again. We can both have a crisis together just saying, girl. <laughs> like I just stop. I've stopped considering six as an option because I'm like, I don't even want to go there. I'm not trying to go to crisis mode again. I'm like, uh-uh. Um, okay, cool. So do you know then what um, – your giving languages are like what comes easiest to you if you're giving love um probably words of affirmation first mm. and then um quality time yeah okay I mean that's pretty in line with your whole ideal day it was like all mm -hmm. about kind of just spending time together yeah yeah I think yeah words of affirmation ends up being pretty strong I like, I know it's so stereotypical of sexes, but I'm definitely that person who's like, hey, honey, hey, honey, do you still love me? Like, mm -hmm. have you decided not to, like, randomly hate me today? Because, <laughs> like, I really need to know that. So if you could just tell me, that'd yeah. be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You're like, don't make me read through the lines. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah. And that's where this is our first disagreement. Christine, because um, I cannot do words of affirmation. If you ever need me to tell, say anything nice about you, like ask Karen instead, because <laughs> I can't do it. Well, it's unfortunate because, like, it is not my husband's love language, oh, like man. at all. <laughs> he's Darn. he's a nine, um, mm. by the way, uh, and like he's absolutely wonderful. Like, cannot imagine a better match. But like words of affirmation, it's one of those things where we knew before you're married, like that one's probably never going to be fully met. Yeah. Like, we'll try, but, That's you all know, you can do. You can't, you just, 
you can't force it. Yeah. Because it, it, it doesn't mean it if it's forced. Totally. And luckily, he, he does like quality time and stuff. So we have some good overlap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's so great about kind of using the love languages in relationship is, you know, it is about that kind of, I don't love the word compromise because I don't know, but it is about finding that middle ground of like, you know, this is what I need. This is what I need. But I also understand who you are as a person, who you are. And you Mm -hmm. find this balance of how can we match each other, but also understand and give each other grace when we can't match. And I love using love, the love languages Mm -hmm. in in relationship. And, and it's interesting how it can kind of correlate with, uh, Enneagram too, Mm -hmm. sometimes, Mm -hmm. not all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is our last question, but is there a TV show or movie character uh, that you relate to and why? Um, I probably have a few. I, I often joke that uh, David Rose from Schitt's Creek is Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> just, I, I feel like all of his expressions are, they're just me in uh, <laughs> my soul. Uh, the, the creativity, the drama. Um, I don't know, like, I love the sarcasm and snark that kind of seeps mm-hmm. into everything, because I feel like mm-hmm. I have a hard time not being sarcastic sometimes. Um, I don't know, having the ambition to, like, have your own business and things, and just, like, his devotion to Patrick as his partner, mm-hmm. like, I just everything about it. I absolutely love him and totally vibe. Yeah, well, and he has a little bit of that kind of, like, you mentioned his his devotion to Patrick, but he also has a little bit of that hesitancy to believe that he's kind of worthy. Like he goes through yeah. that whole thing with him where he's like having trouble believing this relationship yeah. is good and, and all yeah. that until like that episode where Patrick sings the, uh, oh my that gosh. Song to him. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, good. Was there any other ones you wanted to, to speak um. to? I also really love Rapunzel from Tangled Mm. (laughs) as a character, Uh, just kind of coping with, you know, some tough situations that like gave you using art as like an outlet for that Um, kind of the mood swings, like especially when she first leaves that tower and mm-hmm. is like, oh my gosh, I'm free. This is the best day of my life. And then like, I'm a terrible daughter. Everything is ruined. <laughs> what am I done? And just like roller coastering between those two, like absolutely to a T. Uh, yeah. And like wanting wanting to be optimistic about everything, but also like kind of afraid of the world at the same time. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I really like that. That's an interesting take on her. It's so funny that it's so interesting to me that I've never really like noticed those parts of that character. And so it's interesting to see how different, you know, different people pick up on different things. Mm-hmm. Cause when I watch that movie, I've always just been like, Oh, I want to be as like free spirited and, yeah. and fun and adventurous as her. And then you're picking up on something like completely different. So it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that was, that was our last question for yeah. you. Um, but this has been just such a pleasure to to chat with you and hear more about your your life and get a little insight into how you think. Yeah, thank you so much for just uh, being on here. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't use too many filler words. And uh... <laughs> no, you know what's so funny, Christina's. You and we we interviewed another six uh, 
earlier on our podcast, and the two of you were probably the ones that expressed the most nervousness beforehand, but the two of you were also, no offense to any of our other interviews, but probably the best interviews. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe that's where that that worrying pays off a Mm -hmm. little. (laughs) You're, like, prepared, you're ready to go, and yeah. On Zoom, like, early. It's that thing where, like... Um, I feel like people always say it's like amazing in a crisis and then you fall to pieces afterwards. Like, <laughs> like when I'm at a moment and I have a thing to do, like I can get through it. I can do the thing. I like, I've thought through all of the options, but as soon as it's over, I'm just going to like curl into a ball and drink a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do encourage having a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> always encouraged. Um, Awesome. Well, this you really did great. It was awesome. And um, before I officially close out, um, we said this at the beginning of the episode, but I just want to allow you to say it from your own words um, to just kind of give a little promo for, for your work and everything you have going on. Oh, like my art stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. The art stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I am uh, an illustrator. Uh, I do all my art under the name Chubby Worm Art, uh, which a lot of people have asked why Chubby Worm. Uh, It's because back when I was a little kid, I was bad at drawing long skinny worms, and I drew these big (laughs) oval worms, and my parents thought it was hilarious, and we're like, oh my gosh, I love it. So of course, feeling very inspired by their praise, I proceeded to draw Chubby Worms on literally everything Uh, in their offices like angel chubby worms island chubby worm christmas chubby worm so i love that story burgeoning art career there uh (laughs) but no i i kind of wanted to tie it back into that like childhood thing when i got into it because i didn't start doing art until after my son was born oh wow so i kind of came into that later but most of my art I do, I want it to be something that can be enjoyable by adults, but also very accessible to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very happy, bright, vibrant, a little quirky. Um, I normally focus on things that are more like geeky, fantasy-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that putting that happiness, putting that little extra bit of magic out into the mm-hmm. world that I wish was there. Your work is incredible. I mean, we were just looking at it. Um, It is amazing. I, I, yeah, it just blows me away that anyone can draw like that. Uh Thank you so much. It really is. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're going to make sure um, to put all your links in the show notes. So listeners, you can go check out those links. There's uh, an Etsy shop, uh, website, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and all of that will be included. Um, and and I'm you also really make excited because my second children's book is coming yes. out soon. Yes. I, so it's cool. so yeah. incredible. <laughs> so that's fun. I'm just doing my finishing touches. It's all about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with cheese. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny because, like, my first children's book was about, like, dealing with, like, anxiety and fear. And then my second one is, like, and cheese is awesome. (laughs) Um, And so there you go. You've got, like, the type six and then the type seven. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's my my two books. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah, you know, you got to have a little of both, a little serious, a little fun. You get the kid, you hook the kids in with the cheese book. And then you're like, hey, by the way, we're going to teach you how to cope with life stress. (laughs) And cheese. And cheese. Yes, yeah. cheese. Oh, well, that's great. Um, well, listeners, make sure to go check check all of that out. Support Christine slash Christina. Um, I guess it's interchangeable. Um, and, yeah, yeah, give her a follow on all the socials because this stuff is stuff you don't want to miss, and especially if you have children. Some good stuff. Um, will, you, will you read it to me? <laughs> you want me to read it to you? Yes, I do. Um, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> cool well we'll let you go but thank you again thank have you. a good rest of your night thanks you too I'll talk to you soon bye bye bye